This is the Colorado Prepscast. Colorado Prep. Western Slope Edition. Presented by Alpine Bank and hosted by Matt Kennedy. Welcome back to the Colorado Prepscast Western Slope Edition presented by Alpine Bank. I am Matt Kennedy and back in the studio as well is Nathan Deal from the DJ Sentinel. Nathan, welcome back. It's been good. I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. Oh, I'm glad to be back. Always nice to come on the show, Matt. Yeah, as always. So looking into this week, this is everything Western Slope. Chassis-wise, we got football and volleyball. This will be a football-heavy show because we got some big matchups, especially down in the class of 2A. But starting up at the top, Heritage versus Montrose. Last week, Nathan, Heritage versus Fruta. I think Montrose has claimed themselves as the king of the Western Slope, and they proved that last week in the win against Fruta. They are certainly the most impressive team I've seen play. I've seen them play against Palisade. I've seen them play against Grand Junction. Uh, I wasn't at the Fruta game. Fruta actually gave them a really good fight. I've I've been pretty impressive how Fruta has rebounded so far this season from a, a pretty sluggish start. But Montrose has been on a pretty different level. The way they run the ball and that defense makes it really hard for them to lose. But you, you talk about that defense. They're about to play an offense that's getting nearly 500 yards a game. And they do it with balance, too. They have... Well over 200 yards, both rushing. Well, I would say well over 250 yards rushing a game. Well over 200 yards passing a game, and that kind of balance and that well executed of a balance is not something that Montrose has really seen yet. Even the best teams they've played have been very one-dimensional. They only really have one way to attack you. So this is going to be a very interesting test for Montrose's defense. Yeah, head coach Tyler Knobloch for the Eagles. Currently ranked seventh in the state. They have a four and one record. Their only loss coming against their crosstown rival in Arapahoe, who is indeed a five A program. They have only had one game this year where they did not score more than forty eight points. They average four hundred and fifty four yards per game, excuse me, and are led by their quarterback Connor Kaminsky, who has fifteen total touchdowns on the year. Six of those being on the ground. So a dual threat quarterback that Montrose will have to deal with. They're normally used to dealing with a lot of running teams, so a good passing team is something that they have not seen a lot of this year. Yeah, they're used to quarterbacks that are able to run the ball. That's not what has Montrose worrying. It's the fact that he is much more likely to to drop back and pass, and they, they only saw a little bit of that from Cade Besser the other night at Fruta, and that might be the most capable passing attack they've faced yet, so this is definitely a step up in that regard. That game will take place at home for Montrose, but honestly, who do you who do you think will take the cake? If Heritage, very good team, same league as Montrose, but Montrose trying to stay undefeated. Montrose, that defense, I've just been so impressed. League play, it's always hard to tell, and Heritage, of course, playing vastly different competition out of conference than Montrose, so that makes it very hard to tell. I will give the home edge to Montrose, but I will say this is probably the biggest test they've had yet. It's going to be an exciting one to watch. That'll take place this weekend. But going to the other teams, that actually both these schools, Heritage and Montrose, beat last week. These two teams are playing each other in Fruta and Centaurus. These teams are the losers of the prior week, as I just mentioned. Centaurus lost against Heritage last week 49-7, and Fruta lost against Montrose at Stoker. Both teams are 2-3 and three and desperately need this win. Head coach Cameron Ross has to bounce back, has to bounce back yet again. He's done that so far each time they've lost a game. They've won the ensuing matchup. So they're two and two so far in the year, or two and three, that is, trying to get back to three and three. Dunham Luster continues to be a great offensive asset. He proves he is one of the best running backs in the league. And so far this year, 611 yards, four touchdowns on the ground. Cade Bessert, still waiting to see a breakout performance from him, though. Yeah, but you, you see him inching closer and closer to it. He Something I've noticed with Fruit's offense, they didn't win the other night, but. 
something I've noticed is that Cade Bessert has shown real control over the offense because there was, this was a competition in the offseason. This wasn't decided until the fall. Cade Bessert had to beat out Calvin Nikem for the job. Now Calvin Nikem is a kind of hybrid guy. They use him on a lot of jet sweeps. Sometimes they use him on options. But it usually when you have quarterback battles like that, sometimes you could see – the other quarterback getting a chance in the game as well whenever there are struggles you know whenever a quarterback wins a job in august and he has to replace uh, a starter who left that's always a very precarious position to be in but he seems like he's been in control of the offense it's just getting that that passing game clicking a little bit more but I'm not sure how big of an effort it's going to take this week. Because playing against Centaurus, this is not a good team offensively. This is they, They've won two games this year, yes. But they neither their passing game or their rushing game are particularly explosive. Their running game, just 87 yards yep. a game. And Fruta, that, that's got to have them licking their lips. Because it's not like Centaurus isn't trying to run the ball. They don't run an air raid. It's just that their running game hasn't gotten much push. So that right there is a very promising thing if you're Fruta. Well, this, well Centaurus, they have three running backs, which they've kind of been doing a running back by committee offensive scheme. But in the last two games, their defense has allowed their opponents to put up 40 points plus. In each game, that take will, that game will take place this Friday at Stoker. I'm sure Fruta will bounce back and get back to 500. But going back to a team who necessarily has not been living up to their standards this year, probably primarily because of their lackluster production on offense, Palisade, the Bulldogs, are out of the top 10 for the first time all season. They lost their last game against Evergreen High School last week, 17-19. to They dropped to 2-3 and three on the air. They're still missing Cam Tucker. Gabe Harrison has taken over the reps under center, except he only had... 75 yards off of 25 carries. He did have a touchdown, but only completed one pass off of two attempts. Palisade, man, they get they've having they're having a rough year compared to what they were expected to do at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and it's easy to just point out and say, oh, they didn't have Cam Tucker, and that surely has made a difference. Of course, uh, when when a quarterback that good isn't available. Uh, it, it's it's going to take a toll on the offense, but there's there's bigger issues at play when it comes to Palisades' offense so far this year too. You can say everything you want about Cam Tucker isn't in there, but Gabe Harrison is an athletic guy. I've seen him break some big runs. It's that I don't know if it's a this is a product of Tucker not being in the game. But their offensive line, just in these bigger games, they haven't been really creating as much push as they would right. generally like. Of course, something that is key for Palisade, yes, they're 2-3. and three. Their schedule has been very difficult. And all offseason, Coach Duramundo, he, he talked about RPI. He said, this is why you schedule this way. This is why you, you play Montrose and Durango and Green Mountain, all these teams out of conference. It's to get that RPI up. And if despite a two and three record they if the season ended today they would still be in the postseason just based off their rpi granted they would barely be in but even without tucker i think this part of the season is when palisade is more likely to get into a groove because not a single team in their conference is coming into conference play with a winning record including this week's opponent steamboat springs this is a league that I still think Palisade, in terms of talent, in terms of coaching, in terms of all those things, I still think they're leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of their league. Now, when will they get Tucker back and be at full force? 
who knows? Because you don't want to just assume, oh, this league's going to be easy. We don't need Tucker. But this is, I think this game is going to going to say a lot because this is finally getting out of this difficult non-conference stretch and into their league, which they're used to dominating. So if they come out against uh, Steamboat on Friday and they look like classic old Palisade, then I think another league title is something fairly easy to predict. The bigger question is... <sighs> Is Tucker going to be back before it's too late? We don't know, do we? We we just got to yeah. find out. If, if, he, if you don't want to just save him for week one of the playoffs because then mm. he hasn't played all season. So once again, like Joe Romano is in a very weird position. Well, their other running their other running backs, Caden Sparks and Julio Rodriguez, tried to make up for it in the run game last week, but they neither running back put up more than seventy yards against the Cougars, who did rush for two touchdowns and. Ended up having a great game. So the Sailors this weekend in Steamboat Springs are two and three. They lost last week against Hotchkiss, forty-one to six. So Palisade probably going to get back on that winning mindset. But Nathan, going into what we should call the game of the week, a possible preview of the state championship game between the number one team and the number two teams in terms of call it a prep standings. RPI is different currently. Basalt is number one, I think. Delta and Rifle are five and six or six and seven. Six one of the two. It changes every day, but I, last time I saw it was Rifle sixth and Delta seventh. Right. Rifle and Delta are both undefeated. The Bears blew out Coleridge last week, forty-four to nothing. Levi Warfell continues to be one of the best running backs in the state. But Delta, though, that formidable defense, they finally surrendered some points against Aspen last week in their twenty-seven to fourteen win. That is the first points they have allowed all year. Before that. Before that, they outscore their opponents two hundred and one to zero. Exciting game this weekend, and including the Aspen game too. They they scored the first three touchdowns of that game, including one off a blocked punt before surrendering any points. So really, they started off the season on a two hundred and twenty three to nothing run, which is just staggering. I don't care what your schedule looks like. <laughs> uh, their defense, of course, has been the big story, and we don't want to talk like they don't play any offense because they have plenty of offense. Uh, but you don't really need much offense when your defense is playing the way it has. But, of course, the schedule is about to become much more difficult because in addition to playing rifle this week, they're about to be playing the, the base salts, you know, teams like that in their league as well. So, and it's on the road as well. So that's, it's a very difficult position. And it's a very interesting schematic matchup because Rifle is obsessed with running the football. Yeah. They're all about running the football. They are running back by committee. Several guys have been, had huge seasons. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays into what Delta likes to do because Delta has basically three defensive linemen, and they've been dominant this season. And when you can basically shut down most of your opponents with three defensive linemen that gives your your middle level of the defense so much more flexibility to go to the football and all of those things but they have not played a team as physical as rifle this season i would say not even close to one as physical as rifle and again i bet that atmosphere friday night is going to be pretty wild well delta's quarterback nolan bynum he continues to be very impressive, the senior so far this year. Over 800 yards, 828 to be exact, 14 touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Last week against Aspen, he, has, he had a season-high 11 completions. They were only good for 202 yards, but he did have two scores. He also has three rushing touchdowns on the year. He's going to be the difference maker in that game. 
And it's going to be very interesting because all we've just been talking about Delta's defense. Uh, let's not act like Rifle does it also have a oh, yeah, very high quality exactly. defense. They just pulled a shutout against Cole Ridge this past week. So this is you have one versus two, and it feels just as evenly matched as that. It's it's like if there was betting, if there were betting favorites in high school football, this is one of those games where Rifle would be a three point favorite just based off home field advantage, and that's it. This is basically how I view this game. This could go either way, and you could say that about any game, but. This one in particular, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think the defenses are really going to that'll be a shine. first. That'll be a first for both teams. Yeah, I think these defenses are so strong. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of controlled a lot of the pace of this game. Keep in mind, the Panthers have four separate running backs with over 100 yards on the ground. They average 211.5 yards per game. Nathan will be covering that game. So Nathan, give me your prediction with who you got winning this this weekend. Oh, this is this is a difficult one, especially since we've covered it. Um, I'm, I'm guessing coaches will have better things to do this week than listen to the podcast. I don't think they'll be offended. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm actually going to give a slight edge to Delta. I think that defense is just a little bit stronger. I think their offense is a little more diverse than what Rifle brings to the table. Granted, Rifle is really good at what they do. But Delta, they have a passing game. They have a rushing game that's pretty consistent. Their defense has done a little bit more than Rifle so far. It's tough because they're on the road, but I, I would right now lean Delta in a very close one. I'm actually going to pick Rifle. Might as well. I mean, again, I you could pick either way, and then you wouldn't be an idiot for selecting either team. So it's going to be surprising how it goes. I think Levi Warfell will have a great game for Rifle, but that game will take place this weekend. Look out for Nathan's article on the GJ Sentinel. But speaking of top teams in 2A, we did not mention Basalt. Seems like everybody's been talking about Delta and Rifle. They've not been talking about the Loghorns. In terms of Chassa RPI rankings, Basalt is number one. Calder Preps rankings have the Bears of Rifle as number one. And Basalt, are they truly? the best team in the class of 2A. They blasted Moffat County last week 49-7. Gavin Webb, the starting running back, had four touchdowns to bring a season total to eight. He also had a season-high 19 carries for 94 yards. They will face Colbridge this week, who's coming off of their 44 to nothing loss. So I really feel bad for the Titans. Uh, yeah, this is not the best position for them to be in. And Basalt, again, you have at least three very high-quality teams in this league. So I, by the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if Rifle, Basalt, Delta are all at least top ten teams in, in RPI by the season's end. Western Slope is very good in the class of 2A. But jumping down to 1A to wrap up the football talk, the Meeker Cowboys are facing off against Cedar Ridge this week. The Cowboys came off of a tough loss against Lyman. A couple of weeks ago, who was ranked, I think, first at the time, but they rebounded quite nicely in their 42-0 win against Grand Valley last week. Ryan Phelan, the star quarterback, had a great game throwing for four touchdowns and 217 yards off of 15 completions. He had a 78.9 completion percentage in a QBR of 133.1. He continues to be very impressive as the year goes on. Quarterback this weekend, Meeker will face off against Cedar Ridge. And they're led by their senior running back, Dustin Emig, who has 674 yards on the ground, six touchdowns rushing on the year. He had a career-best game against Aspen, where he scored four times and rushed for 329 yards. Meeker 
will try to improve to five and one on the year. Alpine Bank understands your time is valuable. Make more time for watching and supporting local high school sports by using Alpine Bank's mobile app. You can bank on the go and get back to the game quickly so you don't miss a beat or that winning point. Learn more about Alpine Bank and its mobile app at alpinebank.com. Member FDIC. Let's wrap up the show with some volleyball talk. Palisade versus Rifle this week. The Bulldogs are winners of six straight and coming to the weekend matchup with their 8-5 and five record. They defeated both Delta and Glenwood back on October 1st and 3rd. Rifle has a 3-13 and 13 record and got swept by Glenwood in just three sets last night. So Palisade looking to continue that winning streak. Yeah, Kendall McCaskill has lived up to the hype this year. We, we identified her before the season as someone who could be very strong for Palisade. And she, she's absolutely lived up to that. Uh, she, she has been, a, I would say, the key reason they've gotten here. But the team I want to talk about, actually, is, uh, is Cedar Ridge. They are 12-0 on the year, right? And before, I think it was two games ago, they didn't surrender a single set. They finally did. Bruins come into this weekend with a perfect 12-0 record. They defeated Basalt back on the 5th, but surrendered a, a set to the Lockhorns. But then they rebounded quite nicely. Sweeping Peonia three to nothing on the tenth, which is tomorrow. They will travel back to uh, home to take on Dubuque High School. The Dragons are five and eight, and I really don't see the Bruins slowing down anytime soon. Grand Junction High School has lost the last two games. The first one was against Colorado Springs Christian School. The second was against Montrose, and a sweep last night in Montrose. Out of their eleven losses, the Tigers have been swept seven times. They will play Durango this Saturday at GJ High School. The Tigers are two and one at home. So far this year, they are led by senior Kelsey Page, who has 73 kills and 50 digs. She also has 13 assists. The team hitting percentage is a .062. And, but jumping over to Montrose, though, the Indians are very impressive this year. 11-3 record. They are top of their league. The Indians recently slipped Grand Junction, like I just mentioned, on Tuesday night. Their last loss was all the way back on September 21st against Durango. They have seven sweeps this year. And we'll play Delta tomorrow night. The Indians, probably one of the best teams on the Western Slope. And then to wrap up the show, softball. I did not prep well enough on this, but Nathan, he's got something. Nathan, what do you got in terms of softball for this week? Uh, watch out for Central in the postseason. Right now, sitting at 20-2, and two, I've gotten a chance to cover this team quite a bit this year. They were completely dominant pretty much every time I have covered them. They are currently number two in RPI in Class 5A. So the argument could be had that they have the best team in the state this season. Uh, could they be thinking state championship for the Warriors? We'll see. But it's when you have – in softball, it's very hard to pitch, especially at the prep level. It's It could be a pretty high-scoring sport. So if you have one very reliable pitcher, that's a great thing. Central has two. Michaela yeah. Stearns, Kennedy Viss, both borderline shutdown pitchers, both of them strong at the plate. The entire lineup, it's, 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 you know, you have Maya Murdoch, Maya Arietta. Uh, uh, there's, there's just so many pr producers in this lineup that I can't possibly name them all. So as far as the softball landscape goes, I, I keep an eye on Central in that state title race. As of for this week, that is all we got for you. Join us next week, same time, same place. I've been Matt Kennedy and along with Nathan Deal on the Colorado Prepscast Western Soap Edition presented by Alpine.